but I think when students do go to look for jobs, I know the salary is always the big thing, but I highly recommend the interns at Arlen Career Talent I speak to to look at these other benefits, the maternity leaves, how are these companies supporting insurance, all these things you don't realize, it all adds up and it's so important. So I, I was lucky to also have a firm that I worked for who allowed me that time to come back. And then when I could come back, I came back with some sleep and some energy and ready to focus in on the work to be done. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with season two of your favorite career readiness podcast. Learn tips on personal and professional development, hear inspiring stories of overcoming obstacles. I devote my life to helping other people figure out what to devote theirs to. This is Marcy Bullock with the most important five Ps. Stay present, trust the process, explore your path, release the pressure valve, and unleash your potential. Hello, it's Marcy Bullock with Wolfpack Career Chats. I am so excited for today's interview with Jenny Hoffler. Hi, Jenny. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Good morning. We're so happy to have you. So it's very rare that I get to give an introduction of someone that I know who I have known since they were age 11. And Jenny grew up across the street from me and was babysitter to my now adult women children. And I have watched her grow into a superstar, just, you know, witnessing her journey, not only professionally in her success, which you'll hear about, but also personally how she juggles having three children and being super mom and being super professional. It's amazing, Jenny. Are there three of you? Sometimes I think there needs to be. That's, that's so awesome. So I am going to um, tell you a little bit about how we met, which was on the block. And Jenny on the block, aha, see what I did there? And when I, when I first met Jenny, she was um, the entrepreneur. Whenever we'd have snow days, I would panic the day of for Wake County because I was like, what am I going to do with my kids? I've got to get to work because NC State would never close when it snowed. Um, and so I'd need to go, but Wake County schools would be closed and I'd be like, Jenny, can you come over? And so uh, she was able to just dash right in and we were reminiscing your wedding the other day. I can't believe how many years now have you been married? Um, 13. And that's, <laughs> I, I can't. So when we went to Jenny's wedding, I always remember that um, you gave us a CD of all of your favorite songs. Students, back in the days when people had CDs, I don't know if any of you still have them, but um, that was fantastic because it was all these country songs and we loved it. So um, without further ado, I would like to, I see some claps in the crowd for country music. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, so Jenny, why don't you start off by telling class a little bit about you, your journey. We sometimes call it the elevator pitch. Sure, no problem. I'd be happy to. So again, I'm Jenny Hoffler. Um, I'm born and raised in Cary, North Carolina, which is not something that you always see uh, that, you know, somebody in North Carolina is actually born and raised there. Um, I did go to UNC Chapel Hill, but my dad and brother both went to NC State, so they are Wolfpack as well. I just want you to know it's in the blood. Um, and my mom went to Meredith, so shout out there. Uh, I 
actually started work the day after I graduated from college. I started at Credit Suisse and spent 10 and a half years with the firm, living both here in Cary as well as in New York City for a few years. Uh, and then I worked at Fidelity Investments for a couple years, um, working with their technology internship program. And now I've been at MetLife. Uh, I'm a director in the university recruiting space, uh, focused on technology as well as uh, actuarial science and investments. So I'm, uh, I've been with MetLife for almost three years coming up in January and um, I'm absolutely extremely passionate about early and career talent and interns so you'll you'll definitely see that come through that was a really that was a great introduction and so you you mentioned the different companies that you've worked at and you also ventured outside of North Carolina can you tell us a little bit about that because I know you said you grew up in Cary but coming out of college leaving the state and um, going where Right. Yeah. So I I'd probably only even visited New York City one time before I actually moved there. Um, and pretty much I, I moved into a new role within um, Credit Suisse. And about six months after I moved into that new role, they wanted me to move to New York City. Uh, right after we got married, I think it was at the wedding on the back of our program, we gave this New York address and no one even knew that we were moving there. So I had to um, start my new job, take the series seven, which is a six hour test exam you have to study and sit for, um, move into my new house and rent out my house that I just built. So there was like a lot of things happening at once. So um, we, we went to Greece for our honeymoon and we came back and moved to New York City uh, and lived on 81st and 1st and just embraced the life of living in the city. It's um, It was completely different, but absolutely one of the best experiences I've ever had because it's so cultural. You learn so much. You just embrace yourself in a, just a very different um, life. And anyway, I, I highly recommend it to all. And I do think studying abroad while I was in college was really beneficial to me to give me that cultural experience and doing some things out of my own in, in a, you know, living in a different location for five months in Spain. So I think that that did aid in my ability to move to New York. And that sounds like it took a lot of courage to make that choice. Plus, you said you were newly married, you were leaving your parents, you know, where you grew up and um, and going a long ways away. So how do you juggle that when you're in a marriage and all of a sudden your company says, hey, we want you to move to NYC. Um, and then you've also got a partner who you're you're discussing that with. Walk us through that whole decision making process. Yes, that was a very nerve wracking decision making. We were kind of like, are we going to do this? We definitely talked together at length. That was the decision that we both made jointly um, because it meant he was leaving his job too, a job that he loved. And, uh, you know, he was he missed it, but he also looked at it as a new adventure. Um, ironically enough, because he puts on sports, he actually, when I moved up there in May, he had to stay back and finish off of his sports commitment for two months. So when we got married, he uh, was had to live with his parents for two more months while I moved to New York City by myself until we were reunited basically in July. Um, so that was kind of an interesting piece of it. But uh, And then he had to find a job up there, um, but we were just 
both very supportive of each other, um, wanting each other to have, you know, a new opportunity. And we just looked at it as a whole new chapter. Uh, I think with our marriage, we became adventurers. We loved to travel. So while we were in New York, we tried to travel to as many places as possible. We tried to actually do every touristy thing that you could do. And we encouraged people to visit us too, so we could always take them across the Brooklyn Bridge or, you know, Statue of Liberty, M&M shop, wherever. Uh, but I think you just have to look at life as an adventure. And that's why we were able to kind of embrace it and do that together. I think this is such an important conversation that you just shared about this um, discussion regarding the fact that your husband was going to leave his job and look for a new job. And I, I know later in the semester, my class is going to be doing something that I call the work-life integration quiz. And they're going to be learning if they're a family first or work first, or if they are an integrator or separator or a cycler where it goes in cycles. And I know when we moved to North Carolina, it was for me. And so I love that we kind of flipped the gender stereotype of everyone follows the man. And even my daughter Shelby moved out to California and her husband, Sean, followed her out to San Francisco. And I think the big thing is having open communication and talking about are both of our careers important and how will we compromise? Absolutely. You you want to be with somebody who has that um, support system there. And um, sometimes you know, you're supporting them in their endeavors and they're supporting you. So you want to have that, that balance. So thinking back on your career paths, you were up in New York for a while. Um, then what led you back to North Carolina? Was it changing jobs or were you missing home? Uh, was it the kind of place that you decided this is good for a chapter but not forever? Absolutely. Um, I would say that for both of us, we always ultimately wanted to come back to North Carolina because he's from Durham. His parents lived down here. His grandfather is 98 and living down here too. And family is very important to us. Um, we had also discussed too that we wanted to start a family and we wanted a bit more space and we wanted to be able to buy something of our own, which was going to be a little bit more difficult for us uh, in the Northeast. Uh, we, we lived in New York City for two years and we actually moved out and lived in Greenwich, Connecticut for a year and a half and would commute in. Um, he had found an awesome job that he loved up there. And when we moved back, it was again, moving with my job. I just switched roles and that new group was moving me back. So um, he actually was able to keep that job and work from home down here for that firm uh, when we moved back. So I think that that helped the transition then. Uh, but yeah, when we came back, we were able to you know buy a house in Apex. It's the one that you know we're still still in today. So I guess that was about 10 years ago, I moved back in 2010. And then I had my daughter in 2011. So thank you for bringing up the, the change in your whole situation is um, you had a daughter and you are now a working mom. So what's it like to juggle all that because you decided to have two more after that and continue to have this very successful career path? It sounds like it's very difficult. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It, it is a lot of fun. There, there are definitely challenges. Um, but I, um, so I have a, a nine-year-old, I have a seven-year-old, and then we now have a 10-month-old Scarlett. So um, actually, 
the day that I uh, was coming back to work from maternity leave was, was the week where everyone was supposed to then stay home because of the quarantine. So it was St. Patrick's Day was my day back. So I kind of came back to the kitchen table is how I transitioned back into work. Um, I do think it's important to find a company who is extremely supportive of a work-life balance, who is very understanding, who gives you that time to take off, to bond with your child, whether for maternity leave or even for the fathers as paternity leave. I know that more and more firms are um, offering those opportunities, but I think when students do go to look for jobs, I know the salary is always the big thing, but I highly recommend the interns and early career talent I speak to to look at these other benefits, the maternity leaves, how are these companies supporting insurance, all these things you don't realize it all adds up and it's so important so i i was lucky to also have a firm that i worked for who allowed me that time to come back and then when i could come back i came back with some sleep and some energy and ready to focus in on the work to be done and and having a supportive family nearby because since i'm back here my my parents and family are able to help me out and assist with uh you know the child care with the baby which has been um such a blessing especially during this uh more challenging time frame we're living in it's nice to have support around you when the, when the kids are little. So how, does, how do you find that out when you're having an interview with a company? And obviously you are the interviewer now for grads that are looking at MetLife. Um, how do you determine if this is going to be a supportive environment for you? Absolutely. So, um, yes. You can look on the website to see what a company offers, but I always recommend during the interview process when there's the opportunity for you to ask questions to come in with your research to have not only looked up information about the firm or even your interviewer if you're able to, um, but to ask them, what what do you offer? That's something I always ask um, places that I work for because I really wanted to know what their investment was in um, their potential mothers or fathers because uh, that was something that was important to me. You. By learning what benefits the company has, you see what the company values and you see where they invest in and you want to know that they invest in their people. I think as an employee, that's important to you. Um, I know that, I know that was for me. I also think it's beneficial to talk to current employees who do work there. I know people go to Glassdoor or they go to different resources to read what people say. And sometimes those are helpful, but also sometimes people who are on two very different ends of the spectrum will write in there. And I think it's good to also have um, other perspectives too. Um, so maybe even utilizing LinkedIn and seeing if there's someone you know who might work at that firm, taking the time to talk to them for 15 or 20 minutes and understand their full experience and if they do feel valued as an employee. Those are really great tips. I don't know if students know how important that is to look beyond the salary. And I'm so glad you pointed that out, Jenny, that there's a whole benefits package and it really ties back into your values. So if having a family or just a personal life, maybe you don't even want to get married and have kids, but you want to train for a marathon or, you know, you want to give back to your community in some cause that you care about knowing that you'll be able to have a boundary between your work life and your personal life and understanding what the importance is and feeling like that company supports it, that it's not like, oh, you have to work 80 hours a week. So how do you set your boundaries now with three kids? I'm sure now you're working at home during a pandemic. What, what is your secret to that? Because your computer's always there and then the kids want mommy. You do have to set a boundary, otherwise you could just keep working, you know, through the night. Um, I do have myself 
I, I block off my calendar. Um, you'll learn once you're in, especially the corporate world, your life runs by your calendar. So I block off my calendar um, after, you know, 5 or 5.30 when I'm ending my day so that I won't have additional meetings then and that I allow myself to log off so that I can spend time with my kids who are now done with their virtual schooling and so that I can, you know, go pick up the baby um, and just spend time with her. She's at such a precious age. And, uh, you know, if I'm not getting to be with her during the day, if I don't turn off the you know, electronics and things and just focus on her, I'm going to miss out on such a beautiful time and I won't get it back. So I'm really trying to be as present as possible. Um, and if there are some things that I want to finish up and work on, um, the beautiful thing about working from home is I can do it later when there's been many nights, you know, when everyone's gone to bed, but I'll go ahead and get some other things done or get ahead on something just so I'll feel more comfortable the next morning of getting on everyone ready for school and making sure they're locked in and dropping the baby off that I don't have to feel so rushed because I know that I took care of it the night before. So this idea of blocking your calendar is really great because otherwise it will just consume you, like you said, and you'll be stretched so thin that you can't be good in either role. And I know, you know, my friends, I'm at a different generation than you because my kids are, are grown women now, but my friends who decided to work and have their, their kids go into daycare and whatnot, they felt guilty. And then my friends that stayed home and took care of their kids felt guilty that they weren't doing their career path and they wanted to be a strong role model for their um, kids. So there's so much back and forth on that. And I love that you've just put this non-negotiable down. Like my baby is a baby once and that's it. And I'm going to be there, but it's gotta be hard. Can you tell us the real side? Do you get frenzied? Do you, do you stay calm? How do you manage the stress? Like what is your secret? Uh, I don't know what calm is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. I love music. I would say music is something that I find calming and energizing. So I definitely have to listen to my music. Um, I've been trying to go on walks in the morning to make sure I get fresh air and my exercise because also when we're inside, you know, meeting, meeting, meeting back to back, it's hard to just get outside to get that fresh air. Um, and that's a good time for thinking too. So I've been trying to focus on doing that too. Um, and I've also tried to focus on doing no work over the weekend so that I'm completely hundred percent with my children. And I, um, that I don't feel that sense of guilt as much to your point, because there's always a mother's guilt is always there. Um, I would say, too, I have a really cool role. So as a recruiter, typically, maybe not this year since it's all virtual recruiting this year, but usually I will be gone um, sometimes to conferences or to different schools where I'm meeting students, having events at night. And there'll be some night where I wouldn't see my children at all. Um, and sometimes that would be tough, but I'd spend time with them in the morning. I'd make sure that they knew like what my schedule was, but that they were going to, you know, spend time with grandma or someone else that night who was going to, you know, have an awesome experience with them. So I also felt less bad about it, but that's when I could, you know, one-on-one -on -one connect with all these fantastic candidates and um, that also brings me a lot of joy and I think it's important that I'm doing things that bring me joy so that I can also then share that joy with my children but yes sometimes it's it's crazy and things aren't going right or you know we just had our lawn aerated and they cut the cable to the internet and we didn't have that for three days and I had to find somewhere else for everyone to do virtual schooling for us to do work you know it's just like life happens but um I think you gotta, what they say, um, embrace the chaos, but choose joy. I think that's kind of the mantra. 
That's such a great mantra. I'm just imagining you there with the cable cut, your kids having to log on, you having an important meeting, Chip needing to get to his meeting. Wow. Okay. So taking deep breaths. And, and I think what you just said, it's not selfish to bring joy to yourself because you can then give back to your family. I remember like you and I have played soccer together. And even when my, my daughters were little, I would drag them to the soccer field and it'd be like, you're going to watch mom and dad play. And, and I was like, but that makes me a whole person when I can get out and sweat run around, get my endorphins going, then I'm like so much better with everyone else. And I think especially women, sometimes we're too hard on ourselves. We think I can't do anything for me. I always have to be doing for other people. Yeah. Um, sometimes you do put others kind of before yourself um, and you feel bad when you do do something for yourself. Um, but when I was kind of thinking about like advice that I would want to give, um, you know, maybe even to my younger self or just even to others was about investing, investing in yourself investing in your network and then investing in your career if that's what you choose to have um because i think investing means you're giving a piece of yourself you're also giving your focus your time your attention and even your research right so when i interview candidates you know one question i always ask them is why they want to work at our firm i think that's a layout question and sometimes i'll find out that they're interviewing with me and they haven't even looked up any information about it and i'll say my piece of advice to you is if you want to work somewhere you should want to know why you want to work there. It should be just as important to you. So I feel like that's part of investing in your career. And I think that exercise or finding a hobby or reading a book, whatever it is that brings you joy, dancing around the house, you know, um, getting your nails done, it, invest in yourself too, so that you too have that inner peace and enjoyment. Um, and then investing in your network is something that I have told every intern class I've ever had. And I fully wholeheartedly believe that your network is so beneficial. You learn so much from your network. Your network can provide opportunities you didn't even imagine, but you do have to take the time to invest by nurturing those relationships. It's not just when you need someone for something, you want to keep those up. So even during this time where you're not in the office, you can't as easily see people, I'll say, put coffee chats on people's calendar. Every week I've tried to find someone who, you know, who have I not seen it because I'm not in the office and I'm just trying to put different coffee chats and just catch up and see how they're doing. And I don't have any ulterior motive other than just wanting to continue to invest. So um, that's definitely my, my recommendation. And you're so intentional about it. I love that about you, you know, that you put that coffee chat on and it's all about just keeping the relationship strong. And that's perfect advice for our class because everyone just got their LinkedIn profiles up to date and polished and pretty. And so now they're going to be reaching out to people and they're going to be actually making a commercial about themselves, which they're going to post on their LinkedIn. And sometimes people are a little bit intimidated to reach out to someone that seems like, oh, they're going to be too busy. But as a student, um, what would you say that they should do to get over that fear of trying to make a connection with that person working at the company that they want to work at? Maybe they're an NC State alum, but they're like, oh, I'm scared. Yes. So um, well, if they're an NC State alum, that's a great segue because you've already found something that you can connect with someone on. Um, as someone who you know has received LinkedIn uh, requests from students that I've met on campus, I'm always impressed at the students who took the time to follow up with me after an event because it showed how proactive they were. 
And as mentioned in some events before, you know, I think some students just assume, oh, everybody's going to connect with you, so who really cares? But that's not necessarily true. Some students will take the time, they'll write you a note, they'll reach out, and I always, you know, I try to respond back as much as I can because I think that's thoughtful. They took the time and they were intentional. Um, and I think it's good, too, to challenge yourself to put yourself in an uncomfortable environment because that's going to happen a lot in life. You're going to have to set up meetings with people you don't know in order to get something done for work. You're going to interview for a job, which is literally meeting someone you've probably never met. They're going to ask you questions that you have no idea what they might ask. So that is just the perfect condition for being uncomfortable, in my opinion. But the more you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation, the more sort of like comfort you start to feel in the uncomfortable. And um, I, I recommend for students to do that. I tell them like even practice things that you want to say in front of the mirror to hear how they sound, you know, but the more you can reach out, the more you'll kind of get used to it. And you'll see that people aren't as scary as I think it's, it's the thought of reaching out that's scarier than actually talking to the people. You might find out that they are fantastic. You might meet your best friend. You just never know, but you have to take that first step. So, so true. Just, you know, that the fear is real. And when you do something for the first time, you're afraid maybe you'll get rejected, but what is the worst thing that can happen? They just leave you hanging and they don't reply back. And we just heard from you that people love to give advice. And so getting out of your comfort zone, that is a wonderful pearl of wisdom. So we have a few questions popping up in the chat and I wanted to call first on Grant to ask him to unmute and ask his question. Hi, Jenny, my question is, so over this past summer, many of my classmates and peers had internships get canceled. So given that you kind of work in recruiting, I was gonna ask if you think companies are preparing for candidates in this upcoming post-grad hiring cycle to have less experience than those in previous years? Oh, that's a, that's a good point. And I, I unfortunately did hear that happening um, quite often, uh, just due to a number of different circumstances uh, where I sat with different recruiters. Luckily, we, we were able to have our interns for their 10-week virtual experience. Um, but I do think that recruiters, if they notice that um, someone didn't have an internship last summer would be more understanding. My question would be when I'm looking at that resume is what did you choose to do with that summer, right? So yes, something was canceled, but let me tell you adaptability and being able to pivot and be agile is extremely important. So did you take that summer opportunity to then volunteer? Did you work on your own side project? Did you learn a new skill? I mean, so you, you had those 10 weeks in front of you. How did you invest your time? Um, and if someone can show me, hey, I, I learned this, I took this course, I ended up um, working for no money, but just to get additional experience at this location, um, then I find that to be extremely impressive. It's, it's what they did with that time grant that I think is kind of the most telling um, and shows their, their adaptability and marketability as a candidate. And this is such a great question, and I love the answer you gave. Our students have access to LinkedIn Learning. I mean, if they were out in the world, it would cost thousands of dollars to take these classes, and they can show certificates on their LinkedIn that they've completed. I've taken some great classes on there about diversity and about uh, telling your story and your introduction. I mean, literally, it's, it's helping me, and I've been in the field for a few decades. So, Jenny, some, some people when they got their internship reneged, um, they were asking, well, should I put it on my resume? Do you think it's a good idea to post that um, internship was removed due to COVID-19 just to show that they had gotten picked for something? 
that could be um, completely appropriate. Uh, I know that this is something that I noticed a lot of um, ed career advisors asking about within our, our NACE um, board that I'm part of the organization, and it was a good question that came up. Uh, and I think showing that you did take the time, you did interview, you were selected, you know, I would probably write it as selected for XYZ internship opportunity, um, you know, unfortunately due to COVID, you know, was not able to complete or something like that um, to, to show that on there, but then also maybe to show all the other things that you were able to complete during that summer instead. Ooh, I like that selected for um, internship canceled based on COVID. So it can be really short, but showing that you had lined that up. So Dinah, you have a question if you would like to unmute and ask it. I love your question. I can't wait to see what Jenny says. So my question is, um, do you think that a paternity and maternity question should always be asked, even if you don't plan to have a family soon? Um, like, is it better to bring up it personally rather than leaving the interviewer to just, you know, assume? things? Oh, yeah. Um, so I think you can absolutely, uh, if, if you're comfortable with it, I think it's fine to bring up um, at the end of the interview or with your HR rep recruiter is usually the one who can talk to you about all of that. Um, I used it as my baseline. So I've had multiple, um, you know, interviews when I would be, if I was leaving one firm and then trying to look for another. And I would always ask the question, even if I wasn't planning on having any more kids, because I like to see what the investment is in the employee. And it really is telling because some, there is quite a disparity in that, honestly, and I thought that it really showed a lot. Um, so I kind of always used it as, as my measurement, as my guides, because there's some places that will provide 20 weeks, five months, and you know, it's just, and I'm sure it's based on a lot of different things, but I, um, I think you should feel comfortable asking it, um, whether that's going to be your choice in the future or not. You know, some places even offer pet insurance. I know that that's something that, yeah, you know, MetLife, we're about the, you know, we're offering pet insurance, and I think that's so cool, because there's a lot of pet parents, and not all companies, Companies have the opportunity to provide pet insurance, and that, that can be very costly, and that is not an important family member. So there's so many different types of benefits that you can think about, you know, inquiring into. Oh, man, I want some pet insurance, because <laughs> let me tell you, dogs are expensive when they get old, and I don't have any pet insurance. Students are actually going to be doing their budgets here in a couple weeks, Jenny, so I'm glad you mentioned that, all the different benefits. Is there anything I didn't ask you, Jenny, that you wanted to share with the students today um, as we wrap up? Uh, you know, absolutely. I think um, I think it's important to be resourceful, right? You're given an opportunity. Take that opportunity to its fullest. Don't kind of wait and see what happens with it. Um, and I say that because. You know, even when I was when I was leaving Credit Suisse and I was going to Fidelity, I'd been at a place for 10 years. I felt like I had such a supportive family. It was really hard to kind of go somewhere new where nobody knows you and you have to completely start over. You had to rebuild your network. I remember, I you know, just even walking down the hall, I was saying hey to every person I saw, just you know, looking for a friend, starting a group. So I I recommend getting involved, whether it's in college getting involved, whether it's at a new company getting involved, um, and just, just trying to do whatever role you have to the absolute best of your ability because you can make an impact. And what's so important is when you go out into that work world, not only having that network, but also 
making an impact. And things won't always be what they seem, or some roles you're given might not be what you expect, but if you can own them and become the subject matter expert and just do those jobs to the best of your ability and make an impact, then, um, you know, not only will your manager know and your peers realize your value, but you yourself will feel such a great sense of accomplishment at what you've done. And as you continue to invest in yourself and move on to the next role or the next location, you know, you can talk about those successes that you've had, even if you did have to shift or pivot from what you might have expected. And I feel like that's timely for these times we're living in right now. 100%. And you have interviewed people from universities across the whole country. I mean, you've had thousands of students that have come across your path and hired. So that those tips are, are really great pearls of wisdom. So we're down to our last question. It's a fun question. We're going to take a time machine into the year 2020, from 2020 to 2040. And 20 years from now, what advice would you give to the Jenny Hoffler in 2020 of today with this brand new baby? I would tell myself not to stress about the little things because I think I definitely can get caught up stressing about the little things. I would tell myself to take as many pictures as possible and spend as much time, you know, with the people I love as possible. Um, not to get caught up in like, you know, social media or just things that aren't you know, I, I was telling myself to really focus and value on what's going to be most important to me in 2040, which I think will be like, you know, my family and my close friends. I feel like um, quarantine's given me time to kind of reflect on that too. Um, travel was something that was always important to me. I love being able to embrace different cultures and see different areas. So um, I still would tell the Jenny in 2020 to figure out a way. <laughs> To, to even if it's just locally going to different places all outdoors and embracing it, you know, to still see the beauty um, that we have here. And um, uh, I would still tell her to, to work on building that network because it, it's not about just knowing people. It's not that salesy thing like, oh, build your network. It's about relationships. It's about just like other people and you learn so much from other people and you just get so much back from taking that time to um, just build relationships with other people. And I think it's one of the most rewarding things that you'll that you'll see um, in your life is the relationships that you've taken the time to build and care for with others. So I would tell her, you know, spend time with those you love, build those relationships and keep taking photos because as you all know, photos, they're, they're a big thing here. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny Hoffler. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.